Hello and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop Podcast, a bonus episode of the Billowing Hilltop Podcast. We decided that we would record a chat about the story of the Age of Worms in the campaign so far. So this has got spoilers in it. Do not listen to this if you have not yet listened to episode 163. If you have listened to episode 163, you're safe. We kick about all sorts of stuff about Kias and Windjukes and Ebon Triad and all of that stuff. You may find it interesting, you may not. If you've been keeping up with the story, a lot of it will be second nature. If you're anything like our, if you're anything like our players, maybe a lot of this will be useful. I don't know, we'll see. Anyway, it's something to listen to. I have some newsy things and bits to do. First of all, a reminder that we will be at Dragon Meet on Saturday the 2nd of December 2023. It's being held at the Novotel in Hammersmith. It's a full day of gaming with tables and trade halls and all of that. And we will be there if you find us on social media or message us or email us at hello at billowinghilltop.com. Maybe we could arrange to meet up, say hi, I don't know, whatever. And the other thing is that if you're listening to this on the day of release, it is Monday the 27th of November. And it is Dan's 30th birthday. Not that Dan, reader Dan, this is a special birthday episode just for you. Well, birthday and Christmas together. So happy birthday from all of the elders of the hilltop. That's about it. Ratings and reviews, as always, are welcome. Should you be so generous as to leave one, you can contact us on social media through all of the things I go on and on about. But it's basically at Billowing Hilltop on everything apart from Twix, which is at Billowing Hilltop. That is it. Let us push on with Dan's special birthday and Christmas together episode of the Billowing Hilltop podcast. What's going on? Okay. Right, in one minute, we're off. One minute, my, my cooker's going to yeah. release its pressure. So they'll be, beep- they'll be beeping and hissing or steam in about a minute. Just under. Hello, readers. We're sitting oh, having I'm a chat about the stuff, are you? There. Yes, it's not you. Yeah, yeah. Or one of your valves going. Well, no, I don't have valves. It's not the shut-off valve. <laughs> I'm not steampunk, the, um, for Christ's sake. We're here to create some content. Let's create some content. Hey, guys, let's create content, man. It's all about the content. Hey, let's create content. Content is king, they say. We're going to have a chat, because we've had a, a couple of times recently. The further we get into this thing, the more and more little threads and elements get added to the story. Mostly is my Four, take three, on things. Two. Oh, there we go. One. Yeah, it's... Zero. Re- Beep, 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 beep. More and more threads get added. And? Um, Or more and more bits get added to the story as we go. And uh, more than once recently, I know you're hopeless at remembering. uh, We're all hopeless at remembering the plot of adventures that we do. It's just a thing. We're just hopeless at it. But recently I've noticed that there are so many things going on that sometimes it just feels like it's kind of like gunk kind of oiling up, blocking up the wheels of things as they turn. So I'm not here to dispel any mysteries or to give you any answers, but what I thought we might do, and the readers may or may not... Readers, if you're listening to this, this is recorded after we have done episode 167. Wow. So if you haven't listened to episode 167, well, I tell you what, actually, what episode was Lashana? Why don't we say that we don't talk about anything after that? It's after the feast. Does that make sense? Yeah. Except that I can't um, remember what episode that was. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, you won't need to remember. I can, I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it now. So, uh, readers, if you're listening to this, we are recording this after episode 163, the first episode of book nine. So you should have heard the discussion with Lashona after Zeech's banquet. If you haven't listened all that far, then some of the stuff we talk about might be mild spoilers, but not really scary spoilers. 
no secrets are going to be revealed, nothing like that. We're just going to, all I really thought we could do was talk about all the different bits and make sure that the stuff that's maybe just been chucked in your general direction to add, I don't know, complexity is not messing with your idea about what the general story is. So I've got a question for you. And the first question is, what is the age of worms? Um, uh, what's the age of worms? The age of worms is a culmination of a set of, in my understanding, is a culmination of a set of, well, effectively prophecies that we're kind of seeing being played out, whereupon yes. the baddie or the evil, I can't remember the names of things, but behind there is a an evil power sitting above and behind, I believe, Kios, who's trying to bring about this thing called the Age of Worms, which is like, I suppose you could say, it's like the Book of Revelations. It's like, you know, at the end of the world, it's the Four Horsemen. That's my thinking about on it. It's undead will kind of rule the world. That is pretty good, apart from one fundamental misunderstanding. Which is? Which is that, that well, I say for misunderstanding, there's been no evidence, nobody has spoken to you in all of our painfully long role-playing episodes with, yeah. you know, Elikos and Markush and Hesti and whatever, about there being any kind of great power behind no, Kios. No, no, you're absolutely right. Nobody has, but that's my suspicion. But Kios is the deity. Kios is the, de- the undead deity, right? Certainly Kios is the undead deity. Yes. Yes. We'll get into Kios in a bit, but yes. He's the harbinger of the Age of Worms he's described as. He is the evil lord of the undead who would bring about, would rule over when the, the age world of, of the living. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That doesn't mean there isn't something going on in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dispel that thought, Paul. Yeah. At all. But certainly nothing in what you've heard has indicated yeah. that there's anybody pulling the strings. But th- it is a Paizo adventure path, and every Paizo adventure path has layers of bad people well, sitting we're behind thinking, we're, the we're, bad people. I think we're pretty certain that Kiss is pulling the strings behind the Ebon Triad. That is correct. And yes. they were pulling the strings of the dragon whose name I can't remember. Uh, Ilthane. Ilthane. Yes. Yes, so there's kind of like, right. there's like a hierarchy going on. There is. This is all really good. Yes. But is Kios pulling the strings of the Ebon Triad? I just believed I just thought that the Ebon Triad were a bunch of religious nuts who believe in Kios and believe that he will return. Again, I won't tell you anything that you haven't been told already by an NPC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's just make sure we close that off. So the Age of Worms is a prophesied age of evil where undead rule yeah. the world of the living. Under the auspice, yeah, under the lordship of Kios, the Lord of Undead. That's nice and simple, and it's been predicted, it's feared, it is over the horizon and approaching fast, according to all of the indicators that you are finding out in the world. My take on it is that you've got lots of different factions that are sort of involved, have got different interests with bringing about or not the Age of Worms. So, yeah. although there are layers of things, everybody's got different interest in in it. And we're somehow weaving our way through everybody's interests and being dragged into this sort of unwitting heroes. And I think we're sort of almost going to be instrumental about bringing the Age of Worms about, even though we're trying to stop it. Yeah, we might be part of the prophecy. Yeah, so you don't know who to trust. You don't know who, what people's real objectives are. You don't know who's your friend. You don't know who's your real enemy. 
we don't know whether we trust Hesty or Marcus or Lashon and or, or anybody really. So it's it's quite an interesting situation. I think this is all excellent. Who can you trust, and who stands to gain, and who stands to lose? Should the age of worms come about? I also think it's not just about good versus evil. It's also about law versus chaos, because there are some elements of law that seem to be involved. And chaos is obviously a chaotic thing. Well, I mean, the name is, you know, <laughs> maybe not a coincidence. Oh, I love the fact that Lucas keeps calling him chaos, like a kiosk. Ticket kiosk. How should I be pronouncing it? Kiosk. There's no rule. Kiosk, I pronounce it. Kios. It's K-Y-U-S-S. Yeah, kiosk. I was in chaos. Well, it sounds a bit like chaos. I've always yeah. thought so. Hadn't made that connection. This is something that Eligos said to you. The tales mm. of the Age of Worms itself are as old as anything, often known by other names, the end times, the dark age, and the internal ruin, among others. The Age of Worms is an ancient set of prophecies that speak of a transformation of the world, of a time when life gives away to something else. These prophecies are recorded in certain rare texts, like the Book of Vile Darkness, and the Libris Mortis, the Necromicon, and the Apostolic Scrolls, and are inscribed on the walls of ancient ruins across the world. Many cults and soothsayers have developed their own theories about the Age of Worms, but I have never seen so many references to it from so many different sources as the information you have provided me. That is what Eligos told you when you first brought her all of the materials that you had seized from your various adventures leading up to that. Yeah, and I thought right. it was a nice little bit, yeah. like single paragraph of like right this is what we're dealing with and yes you're all correct Chios is the undead deity associated with bringing about the age of worms good move on let's talk next quickly about prophecies we're not going to go through loads of prophecies you have been told by various people that there are a series of prophecies that when they come true the age of worms is upon the world most of them we're not going to get into because they've come true you've seen visions of them coming true yeah might come back to one of them briefly at the end because we need to tie something up. The two prophecies that, to your knowledge, have not yet been fulfilled are a tripartite spirit once again becomes one and at its advice are the mighty undone. That's the first one. The other prophecy is on the eve of the Age of Worms, a hero of dread shall gift a city to the dead. Now, you've got a guess about both of those. You've made guesses about both of those. Let's talk about them. What do you think they may or may not be. So I have a question mm -hmm. before I give you an answer to that one. One thing that I've yeah. not really sort of got through the, this whole process is, although you say there are prophecies and people are talking about the return of Chios, etc. Yes. We don't seem to have actually found yet a definitive, like this is the mechanism for actually bringing about the Age of Worms or... The Age of Worms is going to happen, and it's just a question of when. What we seem to have seen throughout the whole process is we've seen various people trying to do things that they think might be part of the process of bringing about the Age of Worms. So, for instance, when we had the games, obviously that huge worm was all about sort of infesting a whole city of people with worms, and that would fulfill yep. that prophecy of gifting yeah. a city and then we we went on the research expedition with the sort of green smoke when we were infected mm -hmm. with the worms themselves and they what are they called the red hand the red no the red 
I've forgotten their name now. That group of people that we infiltrated and ba- basically oh, the Red Blades, the Red Blades. Sorry, and they were doing yeah. the research on the on on all the green. Okay, yeah, clouds. with you. I- they seem to be also yeah. trying to do some kind of mechanism, but what I've not actually seen up to now has been some kind of like, okay, well, if you turn the world into zombies, then at that point, Kios appears, or is it such that at some stage or other, some event will happen? And then Kios will reappear and then everybody will be zombies sort of thing, which is yeah. sort of the thing we saw when we were in the the Ziggurat. Because we saw the, well, we had the... Um, y- yes, the, the, so the Ziggurat there. thing, yes. The Ziggurat is significant. Not going to tell you any more than that. The mm-hmm. Ziggurat is significant. Now, oh, the shard. I mean, there was a picture of a dragon taking a shard away that looked a bit like Star uh, Superman. It was a vision that you saw. Yeah, we're going to pick up about on that in a little bit because we're going to concentrate on a bit more on Kios in a moment. Could you say that was a phylactery? That well, well, let's let's mm. no, don't, no, don't get confused. Okay. So, uh, Lucas, you're a solution-oriented person. You, I <laughs> suspect, what you're fishing for there is what do we unplug to stop the age of worms happening? Right? What is the actual practical mechanism whereby the age of worms is triggered? so that we actually have something that we know we have to stop or do to interfere with it happening. At the moment, we're not being told. It's a phylactery. Oh, I mean, I, I take your point on that, but I wasn't actually that far yet. I mean, I, that's a, actually a good point. That would have been something I would have thought about afterwards. But what, where I was trying to get at even before that is just the fact that there seem to be all these factions. And at the moment, all of those things, they almost feel like sort of cultist groups who are sort of like saying... Oh, well, my interpretation of the uh, the Necromicon is that I have to do this and this and this, and then I can bring about the Age of Worms. But nobody actually really seems to know. Let's talk about a couple of these things. Was First of all, let's talk about these. confused, but you know what I'm getting at, right? There's a lot to unpack there, Lucas. I thought I'd say something <laughs> annoying. When you say that you feel that there are all these factions and cults and people all trying to do all of this stuff, who are you talking about? So the... First thing was obviously the whole thing going on with the games, Rachnian and Ocaral, right? Yeah. They were in cahoots with the demon who had the green beam and the trap worm. Yes. The plot there was obviously to take over yep. the city through using the games as a vehicle. You know, that worm yeah, would But you've drawn and- a line up you've drawn mm. a line under them. Rachnian is dead. Ocaral yes. is dead. What you do know about Rachnian was that he was a cultist of Chius. He wasn't yes. part of some other secret organization. Right. So one, I'm just going to, I'm actually writing stuff down here. So the mm. first group we're talking about are people who are the cultists of Chius. Chius yes. has worshippers out in the world and they would like to bring about the age of his rule. Well, yes. Rachnian is one of them. As is, to your understanding, that character called Mother Maggot, the person who yes. turned out to be the secret head of the Red Blades. You visited. Yeah what looked like some kind of microplane where she was hanging mm. out, where she imprisoned Uncle Buggy under the guardianship of Buggy's cousin, Lugpot. Yeah. They were up to something to do with green gas and all sorts of stuff. Let's not get into that. That just confuses the issue. But they're mm-hmm. also cultists of Chios. Right. Yeah. Who is there who's not a cultist of Chios that well, you the, feel as... So then the question is, they are cultists of Chios, but the other cultists mm-hmm. of Chios were the Ebon Triad. No, no, the Ebon... Okay, so this is something that also I am believe now, in Kios. I right, I'm going to... We're going to no, just... No, that's not right. Uh-huh. You're right, Johnny. Okay. They're their own groups. Yeah, I thought they remember. each believed in a minor <laughs> deity who they all believed was under Kios. 
No, I oh. uh, don't think they. They're right. I They're a breakaway religion. It's not. They're a breakaway religion. Right. Breakaway okay. religion. Yeah. They okay. were a front operation. What you have learned. That's uh, right. So much stuff has been thrown at you, and this is what I worry yeah. about: is that the stuff is yeah. thrown at you, and because it doesn't land, because we're concentrating on other things, and there is just so much information, you can't pick yeah. out what's significant and what's what's not significant. I can get into this very easily without telling you anything you don't already know or you wouldn't yeah. learn if you listen back to the recordings of what we've yeah. done. You have just learned that the Ebon Triad is done. It's over. It never was really a thing. Yeah. It's not cultists of Chaos. It's separatists mm -hmm. from the three major, for want of a better word, evil religions. Uh, Banshivu, okay. Queen Marshal of the Howling Horde, Asmodee, yeah. the Lord of Eyes and Death and all sorts of horrible things, and the Grey Woodsman, the Axeman in the Forest, Worshippers of those three gods felt that actually the three separate religions were worshipping aspects of one over God and that yeah. if the three deities and the worshipping of the three deities could be brought together, this over God would be summoned. Yeah. That they would then worship. Well, it was all a fiction. There is okay. no over -god. And the over God wasn't Chios. That was my no, no, misconception. No. Right. It looks like they were created as a cover organization in order to spread the kinds of activities that would help Chios without realizing that they were supporting Chios. Right. Whoever concocted their foundational texts, again, this is all stuff that you've been told, but again, Very it's all KGB. just buried in the noise. The foundation of their worship was that when the Age of Worms came, that would be when the three-part god would be made one well, that was one of the unfulfilled prophecies so someone was oh, trying well to... i thought we were going to come back to that yeah let's get we'll get uh, back and to then that the ugastaster with rachnian was the other unfulfilled prophecy about Very possibly city to the undead okay i knew that the structure was all going to unravel johnny that's extremely <laughs> important you've got two prophecies a tripartite spirit once again becomes one and at its advice mm. are the mighty undone you have thought or you have imagined that since there was this cult of people who were trying to bring three deities together into a single overgod, surely that is the prophecy. Surely yeah. that's what that prophecy refers to. That's the first part. Second thing is, on the eve of the Age of Worms, a hero of dread shall gift a city to the dead. That just must be Rachnian, trying to hand over Evenstar mm -hmm. to the Yulgastaster and mass zombie conversion, right? Yeah. It seems like they must be right, but... Both of them have not come true. Right. You don't know that that's not what they are, but you do know that you have been shown categorically as you destroyed the ziggurat, the Spire of Long Shadows, out in the lands that wait, you have been shown a vision of all the prophecies that have come to pass. And those two were not in that vision. Mm. Ah. So, right. does, again, you're not learning anything so you don't already know. Mm. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say they're is misled. that you've got... You don't know if you'd be misled. It could be that you don't get shown those two for some weird reason. I don't know what that might be, but it could be. It could be that there were prophecies that have been foiled, that you foiled Prophecy 7. The reason that it's not been shown to you as a completed event in your vision is because you, you foiled it. So you were right. Likewise, mm. it could be that you've destroyed the Ebon Triad effectively. You destroyed the aspect of the Ebon Triad in the crypt underneath the Plague House in Frostanger. So could it I be... I still get the feeling that we are actually triggering the correct prophecies and that those were maybe false prophecies. And That's that very, very possible. We're supposed to be yeah. triggering the, the real yeah. ones because we are going to be bringing out the Age of Worms if we're not careful. Very, Someone's very guiding possible. us. Maybe it's Marcus, this 
no answers in that, right? Baddies. I'm categorical about this. I'm not giving you any answers. What I'm saying is I'm drawing to your attention mm. the fact that you know of two prophecies that you've not been shown were fulfilled. Yeah. They both seem to link to things that you've already experienced, but it's just not that cut and dried. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So the Airborne Triad, let's go back to them. They're done. You've yeah. destroyed the aspect of the Airborne Triad. You've destroyed the great creature. It was an awful combat. Yeah. You lost Alessandra as part of that. You found a ledger concealed underneath the plague house, which seemed to show all of the members, the known members of the Ebon tribe, with their names all crossed out one by one, Ilthe, Loris, Rachnian, all of these people. Yes? Mm -hmm. Your sense is that something was going on there. You don't know quite who was behind the Ebon tribe. All you can speculate is that worshippers of Chios formed the Ebon tribe, and you and they, not in concert with each other, have brought about the end of the Ebon tribe. Right. The reason I say that is because I think you can start forgetting about the Ebon Triad. Right. It's a very confusing story artifact that's brought in in the early books, and then a line is drawn under it in book eight. We can forget them. So we've got the mm -hmm. cultists of Chios. Who else have we got out there? Which are the other factions that are mixing up the picture? Good or bad factions? Either way. So we think that Marcus and Eligos, and I'm not entirely sure how Hesty is relates to that yeah. but we think that they are a faction who are trying to yeah. find out what is going on that's perfectly fair so You've far they've been benign a... but as johnny says you know yeah. it may well be that we are all unwilling or unwitting carriers yeah. of the prophecies you know that's a, a classic story, we're, perfectly fair. we're doing what we're being told we, by people we discover right at yes. the end of the last book that in actual fact this whole process is been down to us and uh, then we have to have the hero's journey of yeah. uh, fixing oh, it at the last minute <laughs> I can give you no comfort on that score you don't know who you can trust no that's just most D&D adventures certainly most old school D&D adventures yeah. involve people telling characters what to do basically one way or another yes. side missions <laughs> you've run through a series of mentors yeah. talking heads that have given you information about the story often I think confusing the picture more than simplifying the picture yeah and sending you on the next stage of what deliberately is an episodic adventure with building up in whatever. So you leave bits of it behind and you move on into other sections. We've got the cultists of Chios. Then you seem to have effectively the sort of forces of, to the extent that you can trust them at all, the forces of good. It seems to be a much mm -hmm. looser alliance of people. Markush, Hesti, they don't necessarily, they don't hang out together. Eligos uh, seems to be more associated with Marcus than whatever. Hesti was some kind of, there's some relationship with Eligos there and he passed you on to her. Mm. Lashona is your latest one. Yeah. Who can you trust? Who can you not trust? You don't know. Again, it seems complicated, but of course, what it is, is you're moving on from one phase to another. And I worry sometimes whether or not this plethora of mentor characters makes all of that bit seem more complicated, bewildering than it really is. Right? Yeah, the adventure it does. Is we do you end through. up sort of getting a side challenge from this person and then meeting that person and then getting a side challenge from them. Yes. Yeah, we're just assuming they're the good guys, but we don't really know that, right. do we? No, no, you don't really know As that. As Paul said, we've just been told what to do, and we've rather stupidly just gone and done it. I don't know whether assuming it's stupidly, but... it's for the good. Yeah, precisely. It's almost like you're being passed as a battle between these characters who ask you to carry out a certain task or find out a certain thing or contact a certain person, and then that moves you on to the next one, and then they move you on to the next one. Are they all on the same side? I can't help you with any of that. No, I mean, the only thing that we can sort of trust yeah. is that the things we've done up to now, 
we've been going and basically, you know, getting rid of a huge wormy thing. And, you know, now we're off to basically find a lich. I mean, it's not like yeah. we've, we've been Agreed. sort of killing good yes. people. On the surface, we've at least. We've saved the wood folk from a wood folk. nasty dragon. It's patronising. Sorry, the what were they? Yep. The lizard yeah. folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the See, wood it was folk. Like, were, this, they, this was years ago now, yeah. <laughs> right? It was years ago. So we, why don't we talk about like twenty-one? We've done, we've done one question out of how many this evening? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm we're three quarters of the way through my list. Oh, excellent. Let us talk about Kios briefly. What do you know about Kios? What can you tell me? The only thing I know about Kios was when we had the vision of him being hailed at the ziggurat. Well, that's that's a very good place to start. Anybody else remember anything about Kios? There is anything a about there's a history. There's a history with the Windjukes, or am I getting this completely wrong again? That is completely wrong. Mm. Brilliant. I'm deliberately keeping the Windjukes out of this. Okay, good. Should we briefly just touch upon the Windjukes, just because it's a really quick thing to get into, and we can put it to one side, and then we're more than three quarters of the way through the list, Paul. The Windjukes are pre-history. First of all, yeah. massive mm. caveat. Zosiel. Does not mean they don't relate to the present story, Kios, yeah. your efforts to prevent the Age of Worms, whatever it m- might be. But what I would say is think about the timescales. The Windjukes, the Dawn War, the battle on the field of Pesh against the Queen of Chaos and Miska the Wolf Spider, the fragmentation of the Rod of Law into the Rod of Seven Parts... Mm-hmm. the tombs that you've explored at the beginning and returned to, and the, all of the grave goods that you've robbed from those tombs and all of that, it's the Silmarillion. It's more than 14, yeah. 15, 20,000 years ago. So, yes, it's an interesting deep history backdrop to the story, and there may definitely be connections. We're talking about Chaos, the Queen of Chaos. We're talking about Chaos. We're talking about law. Johnny is right that there are lots of themes running through the story of law versus chaos rather than straight good versus evil. Well, the wind dukes were the lords of law. All that stuff is there, but they would never have heard of Chaos. Chaos was a man who lived 2,000 years ago and ascended to godhood. Right. He was tutored by some alien creature, wasn't he? He in, was, in Johnny. You see, you do know, you do know. Yeah, you are getting oh, this yeah. stuff. Oh, yes. We're digging around it, you know. That. Makar the Spellweaver, the interdimensional creatures, you saw a vision of Chios, who was a man ruling a city out yeah. in the lands that wait, shown a vision in turn of his potential future by these weird creatures, and was oh, shown this worm. Right. Okay. Do you remember oh. that? So yeah. Paul and was right about someone behind the scene, behind Chios. It's this well, it might be alien. somebody who just showed Chios the way Thank you, to Johnny. great things. Yeah, You've killed the creature that you saw in the vision. If that's some great secret god hiding behind everything, well, they're not anymore. It's more like a, a teacher or a tutor showing Kios. Is he the uh, guy we killed in under in the tombs beneath the ziggurat? That's exactly who it was. Right. Makar. Makar, yeah. The undead spellweaver. So, yes, there may be a power behind Kios, but it certainly isn't that creature that showed Kios the secret eldritch lore around worms and undeadness. Mm. And the, There might be an what, alien so, race, though. So an do alien we race. know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Interfering Absolutely with. Be. Yeah. Do we know the history and how Kios actually ascended to godhood and how he was thus afterwards, I presume, banished? Yes. We, know, we, we do. We've been told shown that story. We saw something you where he, he had it taken away from yeah. him, didn't he? So 2,000 yes. years ago, a man called Chios was given yes. this vision by 
Makar. Yes. And then this is all he, exactly right. What happens after that? He followed this vision. He led an army. There was a huge he, battle. It was, what happened after that? The vision showed him law and magic, things that he could exploit to ascend right. to godhood. Yeah. You were shown a series of visions where he was just the king of the city. Then mm. the lines became blurred between king and deity. Then you were shown a vision of effectively a mass sacrifice of the people of the city and the power sucking towards him. You right. saw him trying to ascend to godhood, but then at the last minute being trapped just as he was about to break free as a new deity uh, into a black monolith. Yeah. And you saw that black monolith being carried grasped, away. carried by away by a giant red dragon. That's right. From the top of the spire of Long Shadows. The lawful evil, aren't they, red dragons? Chaotic evil. That's what you know. And you also know, I think because Lashona has told you this in just this last episode that we're going to refer back to, that that red dragon is Kios's chief lord, marshal, lieutenant, whatever, and oh. is now a Draco Lich. And you, oh, that's yes, what, that's, and Lashona oh. has told you that you need to go and find the that's phylactery right. of that. Right, it's the same dragon. Yes. So again, it's oh, simple, it's all, this is stuff you so already the, know and you've already dragon, been told. The Draco Lich knows where Kios in the black crystal monolith is. Monolith, wherever monolith. it took, wherever it took that monolith. Uh, and I know where it is. It's on Katzenjammer, and I reckon Katzenjammer is populated by an alien race. And right. that alien race is the the guy that was in the Ziggurat, whatever his name was. Yes. Let's and I have to. They live on the planet. This yeah. mythical. Well, I have to. I have mm -hmm. to quote Graham here, of course, because Graham suggested that Katzenyama might not necessarily be a planet, but a comet. Mm -hmm. Marcus has said that a comet it's a will green return. Giant. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did he? But Marcus may. But Marcus may uh, not be right. Yes. We'll get to Katzenyama. Sounded very comet-like. It's at the very bottom of my list. Okay. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Do I get this right? As Kios was ascending to godhood, yes. Right at that moment, yes. The red dragon comes in and basically swoops him off. Uh, in, close enough. At the very moment of his ascension to godhood, why did the red dragon betray him? That you definitely have got the wrong idea there. Yeah, and it's not right. surprising because all of this stuff is done in visions that I just yeah. read out from box text, yeah. and there's no surrounding narrative. There's no clarification. But the vision yeah. you saw was Kios. At the moment of ascension to godhood, yeah. something going catastrophically wrong. Ah, and rather right. than ascending to become a god, he was trapped within the black monolith that he'd built as a focus for the spell to make him a god. Right. It seems he got trapped inside it. And then later, you saw a vision uh, okay. of a great so red his, dragon basically coming. His, his lieutenant basically took him off to safety. Or sort of thing, the person or that took like him that. off to safety was subsequently made his lieutenant. Right. And you also know from Lashona, or you can piece together that that red dragon is now a Dracolich. Yes. And, we're going and so what the, was this catastrophic event? Do we know that? No. I mean, it's D&D. So right. Okay. So we don't know what actually happened what as wrong. he was... Yeah. Right. Okay. We don't no, know what You went. don't know what went wrong with his special ascension mm, to godhood right. spell. Okay. But, but whatever it was, yeah. whatever he'd been shown by Makar mm. and the multi-six-armed interdimensional greeblies, it wasn't yeah. that good, was it? Living on a weird planet or not? No. Mm. It wasn't perfect. And we're after the phylactery so we can break the phylactery. Yes. So just tying that little bit off, 1,500 years ago, mm -hmm. as has been outlined to you, Kios must have escaped from that prison and attempted to bring about the Age of Worms and was defeated by an order of druids called the Order of the Storm. 
Aha, okay. This was what you were told by Lashana. This is why you are going to go to this island. Right. In that island, they left the repository of all their knowledge, including where they had concealed the phylactery of the Dracolich. Yeah. Yeah. Dragotha. That's what we're trying to do. That is why you must go there, because if you can destroy Dragotha, you are destroying Kios's greatest martial asset, Mm. lieutenant and leader. Again, it's Paizo. You work your way up the chain. Yeah. That ties that off, I think, quite nicely. We're talking about an age of darkness, an age of writhing darkness under the rule of Kios. Kios was trapped in a monolith, escaped briefly 1,500 years ago, was clearly banished back into it, or something happened by these druids. His chief lieutenant is a Dracolich called Dragotha. You're not quite sure of their location, but what you do know is that you can go and try and find the location of the phylactery and thereby nullify Dragotha as a force. Kios was given the law, the knowledge that he then took to try and turn himself into a god by these alien creatures. Yeah, not quite sure whether or not they're still on the scene, but hey. I think that's really settled that down. Do we feel that that settled it down a bit? I think that's excellent. And Mm. we've kind of got the idea that Mm. maybe in about three levels time, we'll be kind of hitting the big gun. Well, you're in book nine of 12. Yes. I think you can work that. I mean, it's kind of Mm. right. There's two things left on my list. Go on. Three things left on my list. Let's talk about Zeech. Ooh. What do you think about Zeech? Well, I thought he was this amazingly powerful person in control of this city, whose name of Frostranger. And. Uh, yeah, close enough. Yeah. Frostanger. Yeah. That's not as bad as Ooh Sibly Whipply Poo. He's still coming, <laughs> no. remember? Yeah. Spabadoo Who Pagley or uh, something, wasn't it? There's Kiosk, Smoogie Boo, Spook Stigley, and Frostranger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, evil Star. Evil yeah. Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Hesty Testy Bollocks. <laughs> and, but then when we met him, he seemed quite a pathetic character. He seemed a bit simpering. A bit. Yeah. And my mission... Certainly vain. Definitely very yeah. vain. Yeah. And my initial thinking is... He's either a puppet or he's, a, he's some kind of weird clone of the real one. Or he's being controlled very closely by somebody else. Or he's frightened of something. He didn't seem to be standing on his own, powerful, scary. That yeah. was my impression. But we didn't get yeah. any deeper than that. You did learn oh, from Lashona. We're another faction, oh, we, we found we? also, But we found that Lashona being a silver dragon herself, he, mm-hmm. I think he didn't quite know about her. There's certainly nothing to suggest that he knows about her true nature. Yeah. Not that you know of, anyway. So he he was kind of in awe of her, massively besotted with her, but didn't realise maybe she was part of this control over him. That's my Very possibly. I think that's something that's an idea that's certainly surfaced in the conversations mm-hmm. you've had with other people and, and Lashana. There was yeah. there also, there was a bit of a disconnect, because at the party, there was mm-hmm. all this kind of reference to how he'd been pretty ruthless with anybody who'd gone mm-hmm. against him in the past. But that, I yeah. didn't feel, came out in his character. It was character. all very parochial, though, wasn't it? It all seemed yeah. to me to be like... It's all no, very local. Okay, he's a yeah. minor lord in this sort of... Local. Frostanger local. area. And Anyone he's obviously local. quite big in that area, but it doesn't seem to extend and beyond all the that. Foreign, lots of the foreign dignitaries just didn't... Ambassadors yeah. just didn't bother to turn up. That's right. So what's going on with Zeech? Yeah, just thought I'd... That, that whole thing felt to me like Zichter. a sort of vehicle, a springboard to us actually ending up meeting Lashana and Lashana sort of like, well, I trust you guys in some ways to give you this information. 
that's yeah. certainly a way, one way of looking at it. Felt um, a bit like that to me. Just to close off the Zeech question, Burple asked Lashana, what's going on here? Zeech doesn't look like rulership material. Hmm. And what Lashana said was, well, maybe he has all of the characteristics that one would need to acquire power and none of the characteristics one would need to exercise it. A I'm useful idiot. She said. He can be very way. ambitious. She said he, yeah. was, he has a reputation as once of being a great warrior, that he was ruthless in his, yeah. in his pursuit of power. It's just that maybe he's not the person you would trust with power. Yes. Maybe he's a genuinely rare thing in a D&D adventure, a complex character, not <laughs> somebody from central casting, right? <laughs> just because you hear something about or you understand something about somebody doesn't mean that when you meet them in person that they match the sort of D&D profile that you would expect them to match, is what I would say. That doesn't mean that you can not trust him or trust him or fear him or not fear him. But I think he's about almost the most interesting NPC that we've encountered so far. Because the actual fact of his existence, what he does, is all confused and compromised. And his personality doesn't seem to match his reputation yeah. or his but, deeds. But, and what's going on with Zeke? You often get that. Able to win the war, but not win the peace. Yes. That's enough of Zeech. I've got one more. <laughs> last question. Cuthbert. Oh, here we go. There's a different faction, isn't it? I've got to because be careful where the... I step here because I don't run Cuthbert. Paul runs Cuthbert. <laughs> One thing I think we should clear up is that the actions of Cuthbert are not just me <laughs> with my hand up inside the Cuthbert puppet. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that I think mm. that there is nothing to say that Cuthbert is not deeply involved in this general, in the greater story. The prophecy, the age of worms, the powers of chaos, the powers of law. He could well be involved in all of those things. But you've not seen any evidence so far that he is. And uh, also, I don't get to decide what he does. Certainly not solely, anyway. So I've, I just thought I but would. But he's slightly demonic, isn't he? You know, the, the different yeah. coloured eyes, and that, that links with some sort of devil thing. Right. So I'm allowed he, to be. If they're powerful enough to be devils, yeah. then there's probably another faction there. I can speak much more freely about Cuthbert because he's not my thing. What I wrote down, what I thought about Cuthbert, I put the Outsplinters surely have something demonic in their heritage. That was the first note I made. I think we've all picked up on that. Mm. The other thing about Cuthbert is he does feature in one of the prophecies. Mm. You're pretty certain he does. An orphan will gift a whatever it is thingy. And that you've seen that prophecy fulfilled. Doesn't mean, however, that there's any connection between the fact that he features in a prophecy and the actual age of worms that the fulfillment of the prophecies are meant to be about i think we've got into that question more than once he professes that he has no connection to kios and there is nothing that you have found to link him to any of that apart from the fact that he appears in a prophecy and then the last thing i put is he's up to something though <laughs> and i don't really know what it is i feel like cuthbert is like a bit of a I mean, mouthful Right. I mean, oh. that's not Miles off. Yeah, I quite like that. I think that's, yeah. yeah, Malfoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lucius Malfoy. Malfoy. No, not Lucius Malfoy. The, is it Lucius the kid or who's the kid? The kid. Yeah, and he's called Malfoy. I can't yeah, remember what he's... There's um, Lucius, Lucius and there's the father. Lucius is... Um, the, is he yeah. called Draco Malfoy? Yeah. Draco. Draco think, Malfoy, yeah. 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 I feel it's somehow... Yeah. Because he is ultimately interlinked with the whole thing at the end. You know, his um, absolution at the end of the story is, is part mm. of the whole... I don't know. Story well, we'll, of Harry Potter. We'll see where it, the story takes us. I mean, I'm not but, saying uh, that that's going to pan out like that, yeah. but just my feeling is we seem to have this sort of intricate relationship with Cuthbert in that, you know, we've been fellow travellers, but he's obviously, you know, grandson of a mafia mm. boss, like you said, 
draconic histories is you know, not quite sort of like what you call yeah, common in, born yeah. as us, but he seems Again. to be mixed up with us in the story as it goes forward. I think there's quite a lot of zeech about Cuthbert as well, mm. in the sense that he seems to be a bit of a kind of an ingenue kid, but he his actions are ruthless. Yes. Anyway, there we are. That's Cuthbert. I don't know what else I can tell you about Cuthbert. When you mentioned factions right at the beginning, I thought this is interesting. We've got an loose association of good people. We've got the cultists of Chios. The Airborne Triad, who I think we can now park to one side. We've got Cuthbert. Cuthbert's quite like Zeech. He is quite... I wouldn't be be surprised if a lot of these characters, and I'm not... I don't speculate which ones, but a lot of these people who we're meeting along the way, who we haven't actually sort of like boss fight fought are all going to sort of somehow appear again in the final fight. I sort of have this feeling that those people are sort of... Chank Thankham, haven't you? I haven't read any of the... Oh, yeah, we've got Chank Thankham again. Mysterious character. We're running out of time. I'm going to have to wind things up a little bit. Let's very briefly touch on... Rabadabadass? Let's not get into Rabadabadass. (laughs) Rabadabadass is another one of these people in that loose association with Marcus and... Eligos and Hesty and whatever. Okay, fair you enough, just yeah. you just haven't met him. Yeah. The last time anybody ever saw him alive was sixteen yeah, we, we years ago. Know. And he was heading off somewhere called the Rift. The Rift in the North, yeah. in the Northern Wilderness. I mean Yeah. You know, maybe one day you'll go to the Rift in the Northern Wilderness and you'll find out what happened to him there, or just as likely you won't, because every time yeah. you go anywhere he goes, he doesn't seem to be there. So and I haven't read that far ahead. Cats and Jammer. Yes. Right. The only reason I'm talking about this is it's the, literally the last thing on my list. Right. So I thought I'd make sure that I've just checked in that we've talked about it. But what you know about Cats and Jammer, you know from Marcus and from your experience of your own interactions with people who seem to be looking for it. The people you've seen looking for it are cultists mm. of Chios. Dead simple. Yeah. Your understanding of what Cats and Jammer is, is that it is a mythical 10th planet in the Tonge system and that it has some kind of significance. Its appearance in the sky, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Is it a secret redoubt yeah. or base for evil forces? Is it a comet that will streak across the sky that, if you can prevent it doing so, will uh, prevent the Age of Worms? I know that's exactly that's what you'd like to be the case, Lucas. Something nice and like, ah, that's what's happening. They're trying to do this thing, and if we can stop them yeah. doing this thing, we win. I haven't right. read the last Although, book, so I don't know. Although, if it's a comet, I, don't, I, would be, I yeah, mean, that right. would be difficult to stop, right? Maybe you need a team of people who are really skilled at getting into underground that get trained to travel up to the comet, Mm. land on it, and uh, explore its interior with the aim of setting off some kind of device to blow it apart and prevent it from crashing into hearth. That could be the case, couldn't it? You could start... That sounds like a plot of a movie, actually. (laughs) Yes, could start Liv Tyler. A plot of a movie that I I constantly reference. Yes. Or it could be... The finest movie ever made. It could be Apart that these the green stuff is that what they're actually intending to do is to seed the tail of the comet with yep. worms, and then when the uh, when Hearth moves through the tail of the comet, good lord, the meteor shower will basically rain down worms on the Earth, and maybe our job that, is to stop that happening. Lucas spends That's way too much time by himself. Quite some imagination. <laughs> what I would say, I to- reckon the phylacteries on the planet could be possible. Yeah. And it's got a load of alien greeblies. That's great. I think we've I think we've covered Cats and Jammer. Thank you. Yeah. The only two things that I was going to say Uh-oh. about Cats and Jammer is... Yeah. Is, yeah. 
I still think that we need to go and see Isenfen because you were asking about oh. who knows about this and you've mentioned that the people who know about it are all the cultists and we have the orrery yeah. and so it seems to me like it would be sensible that we actually go and find out some more about this from people who are maybe more benign rather I than think, evil. I think Parker is homesick. Yeah, well he certainly is, yes. Okay. That too. There's a point on Isenfen, by the way, something that we didn't pick up with the Cuthbert thing. Cuthbert may not be related to the story directly, but the reason you're in this adventure is because when Parker stole a forbidden glance into the yeah. sensor, the yes. great sensor that looks into the sky, yeah. which allows Isenfen, he saw... He saw Cuthbert. He saw well, a he figure saw a, with a, one a, green with, and one, one grey eye, eye. Yeah. just like Matthew's new character in The Glass Cannon. I will stop going on yes. about it at some point. yes. Do you think he they listen to the Billowing Hilltop? I really seriously doubt it. He yeah. saw a figure with one green and one grey eye standing in the entrance to the cairn. Yeah. And he knew that within that cairn were treasures and mm. secrets. And then he met Cuthbert yeah. in Diamond Lake when he was working on the Calamanthus run. Cuthbert mm. was there to buy Calamanthus for the Outsplinters. So it all ties up very neatly. Chaps, I think that's enough. I think that's been very useful i, I feel think, like i found that incredibly useful yeah. and i feel well, a lot settled more a lot. sort of i would leave you with I one think thought I know where we are like jerry springer yeah. bear in mind that a lot of what you encounter in this story i have added and is not from the book <laughs> yes so be careful in assigning too much significance to things i'm not telling you what i've added yeah. what is in the book. This is partially why I felt it was important to have this little chat because cats and yammer. If things are overwhelmingly complicated and there seem to be too many elements zipping around your heads like iron stones and you can't work out where you are, I am partly to blame. It's not just your no. It's good. It's good. I mean, it's not I'm just your inability it. to understand story that is the mm, problem. Right. It is also the fact there is an awful lot of story, and some of yeah. that is me adding in bits to add color and add oh, little things to do or to cater for some of, of the things that you're interested in yeah right that's it um Marvelous. that was great thank you very much excellent of course you do realize Cheers. mike that the you're... beginning of the next episode we're going to be like tell me again about kios yeah I've been for... <laughs> how is he Literally, related to <laughs> <goldfish>. <laughs> time yeah. i will have forgotten all of yeah. this <laughs> will you ruin the first 10 minutes of the next episode asking irritating plot questions well we'll find out when we no. pick it no. <laughs> <laughs> next week thank you thank you Good. thank you very Thanks, much chaps. bye bye The Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Library of Last Resort and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Library of Last Resort was written by Nicholas Logue. Music is from Kevin MacLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening! Welcome to Five Gems in a Trench Coat. Excuse me? Yeah? What's that? You want to know what Five Gems in a Trench Coat is? Let us tell you. 
It's the adhesive that keeps the fragile pieces of my sanity together. Well, okay, Jesse, what it actually is, is a narrative-driven TTRPG actual play where five friends take turns weaving stories through the tabletop game of their choice. Of their choice? Each season? Each season. That's pretty cool. We I disagree. Are. Oh. I feel it's the adhesive. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you guys aren't all in a trench coat? No, we're definitely in a trench coat. How, <laughs> How does that work? Before I'm caught, you can check out Five Games in a Trenchcoat just about anywhere you get your podcasts, or you can check out our website at fivegamesinatrenchcoat.com. Oh my god, they really are all in a trenchcoat. <laughs>